Today is August the 13th. Actually, it's September 22nd, but August the 13th. We thank you, Lord, for your reading of your word, Lord. Bless it as we read about Nehemiah, Lord, and strengthen us, Lord, with your word and with fairness. And thank you, Lord God, that you require us to stay on your word day and night, Lord God, so that we, your word will come true. And that we will have success in whatever we do. And we will enjoy the wheat of Jacob, our father. And we thank you for our inheritances, Lord. We thank you for our house. We thank you for our riches. Thank you for our health, Lord, and our salvation, Lord. Thank you for your word. And we say yes and amen. 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 Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 15 to chapter 513. Um, 514 to 7. 7, 3A. Um, what am I, August 12th or oh, 13th? Yeah. Oh, excuse me, August 13th. Yeah, I got my undermines. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 5, 14 to 773. Okay. It says right here. Thank you, Hannah. Mm. Secretary. Welcome. For the entire 12 years that I, Nehemiah, was governor of Judah... From the 20th year to the 30th second year of the reign of King Artaxerxes, neither <laughs> I nor my officials drew on our official food allowance. The former governors, in contrast, had laid heavy burden on the people demanding a daily ration of food and wine besides their 40 pieces of silver. Even their assistants took advantage of the people, but because I feared God, I did not act this way. I also devoted myself to working on the wall and refused to acquire any land. And I require all my servants to spend time working on the wall. I asked for nothing, even though I regularly fed 150 Jewish officials at my table, besides all the visitors from other lands. The provisions I paid for each day included one ox, six choice sheep or goats, and a large number of poultry. And every ten days we needed a large supply of all kinds of wine. Yet I refused to claim the governor's food allowance because the people already carried a heavy burden. Remember, O oh my God, all that I have done for these people and bless me for it. Amen. Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, and Arab and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaff remained, though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at once at one of the villages in the plains of Ono. But re I realized that they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working and come and meet with you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. The fifth time, Sambalot's servant came with an open letter in his hands, and this is what it said. There's a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem tells me it is true, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel and that is why you're building the wall. According to his, to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there is a king in Judah. <clears throat> you can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. 
So I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. I reply, there is no such truth in any part of that story. You are making up the whole thing. You were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Later I went to visit Shemaiah, son of Deliah, and grandson of Mehetabel, <coughs> who was conformed, confined to his bed. He said, Let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the doors shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. <coughs> But I reply, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalot had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. Remember, O oh my God, of all the evil things that Tobiah and Sambalot have done. And remember Noadiah the prophet and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. So on October the 2nd, the wall was finished, just 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized his work had been done with the help of our God. During those 52 days, many letters went back and forth between Tobiah and the nobles of Judah. For many in Judah had sworn alliance to him because his father-in-law was Shechaniah, son of Arah, and his son Jehohanan, who married to the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. They kept telling me about Tobiah's good deeds, and then they told him everything I said, and Tobiah kept sending threatening letters to intimidate me. After the wall was finished, and I had set up the doors and the gate, the gatekeepers, singers, and Levites were appointed. I gave the responsibility of governing Jerusalem to my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the fortress, for he was a faithful man who feared God then most. I said to them, Do not leave the gates open during the hottest part of the day, and even while the gatekeepers are on duty, have them shut and bar the doors. Appoint the residents of Jerusalem to act as guards, everyone a regular watch. Some will serve as sentry posts and some in front of their own homes. At that time the city was large and spacious, but the population was small and none of the houses had been built. So my God gave me an idea to call together all the nobles and leaders of the city along with the ordinary citizens for registration. I had found the genealogical records of those who had first returned to Judah. This is what it was written there. Here is the list of the Jewish exiles of the providence who returned from their captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar had deported them to Babylon, but now they returned to Jerusalem and the other towns in Judah where they originally lived. Their leaders were Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Sariah, Reliah, Nehemamni, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvai, Rehum, and Bana. This is the number of men of Israel who returned from exile. From the family of Parosh, 
2172, the family of Shep Hataya, 372, the family of Ara, 652, the family of Pahat Moab, descendants of Jeshua and Joab, 2818, the family of Elam, 1254, the family of Satu, 845, the family of Sakai, 760, the family of Bani, 648, the family of Bebai, 628, the family of Asgad, 2320, the family of Adonikam, 667, the family of Begvai, 2067, the family of Adin, 655, the family of Adder, descendants of Hezekiah, 98, the family of Hushum, Hashum, 328, the family of Bezai, 324, the family of Jorah, 112, the family of Gibbar, 95, the people of Bethlehem and Netopa, 188. The people of Anathoth, 128. The people of Bet-Asmabet, 42. The people of Kiriat, Jerim, Kephira, and Beirut, 743. The people of Ramah and Giba, 621. The people of Michmash, 122. The people of Bethel and Ai, 123. The people of West Nebo, 52. The citizens of West Elam, 1,254. The citizens of Harim, 320. The citizens of Jericho, 345. The citizens of Lot, Hadid, and Ono, 721. The citizens of Sinah, 3,930. These are the priests who returned from exile. From the family of Jediah through the line of Jeshua, 973. The family of Emer, 1052. The family of Pashur, 1247. The family of Harim, 1017. These are the Levites who returned from exile. The family of Jeshua and Kadmiel. Descendants of Horobiah, 74. The singers of the family of Azap, 148. The gatekeepers of the family of Shalom, Adder, Telmon, Akkab, Hatita, and Shobai, 138. The descendants of the following temple servants returned from exile. Siha, Hashupa, Tabaot, Kiros, Sayaha, Padon, Lebana, Hagaba, Shalmai, Hanan, Gidel, Gahar, Reaya, Rezin, Nekora, Gazam, Uza, Pasia, Besai, Meunim, Nephusim, Backbook, <laughs> Hakupa, Harhur, Baslut, Mehira, Harsha, Barcos, Sisera, Tima, Nezia, and Hatipa. 
the descendants of these servants of King Solomon returned from exile. Sotai, Hasoferet, Peruda, Jala, Darkon, Gidel, Shephataia, Hatiel, Pokeret, Hasevain, and Ami, and all the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants, number 392. Another group returned at this time from the towns of Tel Milah, Tel Harsha, Kerub Adan, and Emer. However, they could not prove that they, they or their families were descendants of Israel. These groups included the families of Delilah, Tobiah, and Nekoda, a total of 642 people. Three families of priests, Hobiah, Hakkos, and Barsilai, also returned. This Barsilai had married a woman who was a descendant of Barsilai of Gilead, and he had taken her family name. They searched for the names in the genealogical records, but they were not found, so they were disqualified from serving as priests. The governor told them not to eat the priest's share of food from the sacrifice until a priest could consult the Lord about the matter by using the Urim and the Tumim, the sacred laws. So a total of 42,360 people returned to Judah. In addition to 7,337 servants and 245 singers, both men and women, they took with them 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the family leaders gave gifts for the work. The governor gave to the treasury a thousand gold coins, fifty gold basins, and forty five hundred and thirty rows for the priests. The other leaders gave to the treasury a total of twenty thousand gold coins and some two thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds of silver for the work. The rest of the people gave twenty thousand gold coins, about two thousand five hundred pounds of silver and 67 robes for the priests. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and some of the common people settled near Jerusalem. <clears throat> Excuse me. The rest of the people returned to their own towns and throughout Jude, Israel. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Anything? Uh, well, just how um, he would remind the Lord, you know, um, <laughs> remember, oh God, all the things I've done. Amen. That's a great for prayer. For these people and bless me for it. <laughs> he expected a blessing for the stuff he did. <laughs> and then over here, when he was up against these people trying to intimidate him, he'd say, Remember, oh, oh my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sambalad have done. And remember, Nodiah the prophet and all the prophets who want to intimidate me. So it just seemed like he was really you know, bringing these things to the attention of the Lord, even though the Lord knew it was happening, even though God knew it was happening, he still put God in the mix of his problems. Yeah, truly though, God was with them after the 52 days of amazingly that they repaired the walls, you know, these guys were extremely mm -hmm. skillful. It is neat to see that fear ran through the people's eyes because they knew that God was with them. They were opposing God himself. 
You know, I really liked at the beginning when he talked about people demanding a daily ration of food and wine and, and eating 40 pieces, you know, um, and they were being taken advantage of the people. But it says, but because I feared God, I did not act that way. Hey Amen. It's like try to get a receipt when you get to the church. You know, God has a record. Mm-hmm. You know, you really need a record for your daily. I used to be like that. I gave cash all the time. Didn't really worry about it. Yeah. But, you know, it makes good. You get more money if you keep records back so you can give more. But he goes back and he says, why? He said, yet I refuse to claim the governor's food allowance because the people already carry their heavy burden. They didn't want to add more burden to the situation. Amen. We already read this list. I remember reading it before. Yeah, we read the They just go over it very thorough. First Corinthians chapter 8, 1 through 13. Would you like to read that? Sure. Um, 1 Corinthians 8, 1-13. Now regarding your Corinthians question about food that has been offered to idols, yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Amen. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. (laughs) Amen. Um, so what about eating meat that has been offered to idols? Well, we all know that an idol is not really a god and that there is only one god. There may be so-called gods both in heaven and on earth. (coughs) And some people actually worship many gods. Let's see. And many lords, but we know that there's only one God, the Father, who created everything, and we we live for Him. And there is only one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom God made everything, and through whom we have been given life. However, not all believers know this. Some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they eat food that has been offered to idols, they think of it as the worship of real gods, and their weak consciences are violated. It's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it, and we don't gain anything if we do. But you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. Amen. Okay. So for if others see you with your superior knowledge eating in the temple of an idol, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating the food that has been offered to an idol? So because of your superior knowledge, a weaker, a weak believer for whom Christ died will be destroyed. And when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do the same thing they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. So if so if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live, for I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. Amen. Let me read today's study. It says, Love is Paul's guiding principle. It anchors everything in First Corinthians, especially chapters 8 through 10. Love is more important than knowledge. Knowledge can make us look good and feel in control, but knowledge centers on us instead of on God and others. 
Love, on the other hand, looks beyond ourselves to the interests of others. Philippians 2, 4. At first glance, 1 Corinthians 8.10 seems ancient, taking about talking about food, sacred idols, but it has a lot of relevance for today. There are numerous issues within the church that are not matters of right and wrong, or good and bad. In those cases, Paul shows us love must guide our actions, even if we know we can partake in something without sinning. New believers are often very sensitive to what is right, or what is there, or wrong, or wrong if there are new standards to them. Some actions may be perfectly all right for mature believers, but many harm Christian brothers and sisters who are still young in the faith. Whatever the case, Christian freedom should be tempered by love. When we love others, strengthening the, the faith of a brother or sister in Christ is a higher priority than our own free choices. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's go on with um, Psalm 33, 1 to 11. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise Him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for Him on the ten-string harp. Sing a new song of praise to Him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything He does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of Him. For when He spoke, the world began. It appeared at His command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord plans, plans, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Proverbs 21, 8-10 says, The guilty walk a crooked path, the innocent travel a straight road. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. Evil people desire evil. Their neighbors get no mercy from them. Well, Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for today's reading. We enjoyed today's reading immensely. We worship you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor today, this day, as a God. Amen.